2: Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Alone Together. When we launched this podcast back in March, our main goal was to share positive local community stories as an antidote to the overwhelming negative news that surrounded the coronavirus outbreak. We have now completed two series of this podcast, and during that time, we've had the privilege of speaking with numerous local heroes, incredible people
0: who have done their bit to keep our communities going through these past months. And this episode of Alone Together is no exception. We'll be celebrating the amazing work done by those groups and individuals. Those who have gone above and beyond to support those in need and bring some joy during what has been a pretty bleak time for most of us.
3: Coming up on the show, I speak with Ruri Thompson, admin of the online beer club, the Big Juicy Appreciation Society, who collaborated with the charity Kids Out!, Deliver Christmas packages to children in need.
1: So the food parcels um, were made by a mix of people from the group, um, people that were kind of friends and family of some of us that were involved. We just thought, let's just reach out to people and see where we get to. I think because we spoke to quite a lot of brands, um, who we thought, let's just see where we get to with this. Like I said, and we ended up with you know tens of thousands of items. We thought, well, let's just see how many people we can get to help us do this, and uh, we managed to. To pull it together.
2: And I chat with the Clifton Cake Fairy. Yep, you heard that right. The Clifton Cake Fairy has been putting a shift in during the pandemic, dropping cake boxes to front doors across Clifton over these past months and has been doing so anonymously.
4: Teachers and nurses and other key workers have had cakes. Um, There's people who've looked after their neighbours, people who've been on their own. there's all kinds of things. Lots of children were nominating each other because it's been really tough for sort of small children, I think, you know, understanding what's going on and they can't play with their friends. So they've been sending cakes to each other.
0: And I have a lovely chat with Sheila Callahan, who, armed with a speaker on the trolley, has been entertaining her home residents singing wartime classics at their windows. I wonder if they're
5: still getting any entertainment. Um, you know other than the radio and the television so I phoned up and um, they weren't and they hadn't been entertained for a long time so I asked um, whether I would be able to perform through the window um, which uh, they jumped at really.
2: What a show we've got coming up there some incredible guests so first up on our local hero special is my chat with the Clifton Cake Fairy. So unlike our usual guests, I'm sworn to secrecy here and our local hero must remain anonymous. The Cake Fairy has been receiving nominations throughout the pandemic via email or her Facebook page. Clifton locals have been putting forward friends, colleagues and loved ones who have also been doing their bit in the community. People they think deserve some recognition and the Cake Fairy has been delivering cakes to these special people's front doors, all in complete secrecy. I spoke with a Cake Fairy earlier this week on a secret magical secure line to gather some information about her anonymous good deeds. So, hi Cake Fairy. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for coming on to the podcast. Something slightly different where we're uh, we have a a, you know, a secret a secret guest on, on the show today. So First of all, I've got to ask, what was it that inspired you to start up this this secret venture, um, delivering cakes to, you know, to people's front doors anonymously?
4: Well, I grew up in a village that has got a cake fairy, um, and I was bemoaning the fact um, that the village that I live in, Clifton upon Dunsmore, hasn't got a cake fairy because um, I really like cake. Um, And then I had one of those light bulb (laughs) moments that if I wanted my village to have a cake fairy, then perhaps I should put my pinny on and be the cake fairy. Coincided with lockdown. Um, And it was a really good time to be doing it because people needed cheering up and people need the good things that people were doing, needed recognising and encouraging. Um, So I've had the best time.
2: Amazing. I mean, I must admit, cake fair, the term cake fair is, is a new one to me. I didn't realise that this, that this was a thing um, and, until I came across your story. So it, it's an amazing thing that, that you are doing. H- have you been picking out uh, particular individuals or has this been kind of uh, a random delivering to as many as possible? Um,
4: no, it's been really random. Um, people have um, nominated through the Village Facebook group. Um, And if somebody's nominated, uh, and I've got an email address, and if anybody's nominated somebody for cake, then I've made cake and delivered it. Um, And for the first time in my life, I've been knocking on doors and running away. Um, I didn't do it as a kid. It's quite good fun. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So it's been lovely to uh, recognise people.
2: Yeah, it kind of brings me on to our next question of have you been able to, to witness the, the reactions of anyone when they, they receive their cakes, either, you know, in person from afar or, or, or through, the, through the Facebook page?
4: I've sort of had feedback through Facebook where people have posted pictures of their cakes and um, sort of said thank you to the people that have nominated them and to the cake fairy. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I've been able to sort of see that people have been enjoying them. Um, and there's been some lovely stories, you know. There's been um, some of the teachers and nurses and other key workers have had cakes. Um, there's people who've looked after their neighbours, people who've been on their own. Um, there's all kinds oh. of things that lots of children were nominating each other. Because it's been really tough for sort of small children, I think, you know understanding what's going on and they can't play with their friends. So they've been sending cakes to each other. Um, the gentleman in the nursing home in the village was 103. So um, wow. he had 103 mm-hmm. cakes to share with everybody. Um, the, the teachers from the village school, when they first reopened, um, cake as a treat. Um, the year six children, when they left school, um, because they couldn't have the usual parties, they they had a sort of socially distanced gathering in the park, and they all had cake. Um, so it's been really good fun.
2: We've been lucky to speak to lots of amazing people um, throughout the two series of this of this podcast, and um, we're highlighting the these amazing. Yeah, we're calling them local heroes uh, through this, and we'll put you into that category as well because you're you're also bringing uh, a smile to people's faces and bringing bringing communities together with, with, with your delivery of cakes. Has it been difficult to, to keep this identity hidden? Um, have there been any, any close calls? Been a few.
4: Um, I have learned a lot about um, security cameras attached to people's doorbells and I've been managing <laughs> to um, fly in low, often with a baseball cap on, um, <laughs> to try and avoid... <laughs> capture uh, there's a few people who i think might spot me and know who i am um so i've got um i've got some elves helping me um who will sometimes do some of the more tricky ones so yeah it's been it's been fun trying to avoid capture <laughs>
2: how, how many cakes have you have you delivered now in total
4: uh, we, i did 525 boxes of cakes in total and wow. the sort of average is about five cakes in a box. Some some boxes have got half a dozen in, some, you know, three or four. Um, but um, I think it averaged, the average was about five cakes per box that went out. And it was 525 boxes in total. Oh, so,
2: you've been keeping busy then, haven't you?
4: Yes. Kept <laughs> me out of mischief. <laughs> so they all went with um, a little card postcard with a message from the cake fairy saying who'd nominated them and why they'd been nominated so um just let people know how appreciated they've been during lockdown you know for for whatever it is they've done um you know we've had people who've had big birthdays we've had the birth of babies um all kinds of things going on and it's just been lovely to recognise them and uh, and, and saying, cake, who doesn't yeah. love cake? Well,
2: yeah, who who doesn't, who doesn't like cake? <laughs> exactly. exactly. E- everyone loves and cake. And I think
4: even if you don't like cake and you don't want it, the fact that somebody's thought about you and nominated you, um, it brings the smarter people's faces, I hope. So, uh,
2: yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it doesn't. And how does it feel... Um, you know that you're able to to bring a little bit of joy to people's day, and, and like you say, this this time that's been, you know, it's been a bit bleak for everyone, yeah. regardless of what everyone's individual circumstances are. So, you know, is, is, is it is it good knowing that you're that you're able to bring a little bit of joy and happiness yeah, to people's it's, day? Yeah, it's
4: been good because I've I've heard all the good stories about um, what people are doing to look after each other. You know, at times when the news has been very bleak. And we've all been locked down. Um, you know, I've heard all these marvelous stories. So it's been, you know, really, it's been good for me too. So, uh.
2: well, it's amazing stuff that you are doing, right? So. Um, for anyone that wants to to nominate uh, someone in the future, I'm aware that you're that you're currently out of operation at the moment, but but will be returning in the future. Um, where is it that people can can nominate? It, it's just the the Clifton Clifton area, isn't it?
4: That's it. Yes, I'm just covering Clifton. It's a it's a decent sized village, and um, and they keep me busy running round after them. So. Um, uh, yes, I, anybody else who loves baking cakes and wants to do something fabulous, I would recommend they um, they become a cake fairy. It's really good fun.
2: <laughs> there you go. Well, yeah, we did have a um, yeah. Lastly, I'll I'll um, I'll leave you to your day, but but lastly, we had a had a request from Dan McLaughlin, who's one of the co-hosts on Alone Together, who. Uh, who, who was pestering me to ask you whether you'd uh, you'd possibly deliver some cakes to him in Salford in Greater Manchester, although I did say that, that was maybe slightly ambitious.
4: My wings <laughs> get very tired if I have to go that far. I did manage to get as far as the air ambulance crew in Coventry, um, but my wings were very tired by the time I'd got to them. So um, Manchester might be pushing it a bit. Perhaps if he's down visiting yeah. you in the Midlands, we might manage something <laughs> in the future.
2: Well, there we go. There's a call out for a for a uh, a Salford Cake Fairy. Yeah, <laughs>
4: there we go.
2: Well, thank you very much for your time, uh, the Clifton Cake Fairy, and um, um, thank you for bringing a smile and, and you know bringing some some happiness and sharing some joy to to um, you know the local community of Clifton. So, thank you very much, and thanks for coming on to the podcast.
4: Okay, thank you. Bye bye.
0: Well, it's a shame to hear that I won't get the chance to enjoy some of the amazing cakes. Well, but the Clifton Cake Fairy is doing a brilliant service there to bring smiles to faces of many, many locals. I'd have to pop down to the shop to get some mince pies instead.
2: She sure has been doing an incredible job. We've actually spoken to a few different people over the past two series of this show who have been delivering goods to people's front doors. This brilliant display of community spirit, um, you know, has been a lifeline for many different people. What one that springs to mind for me is is back in series one. I spoke with James, um, who is the owner of uh, a Birmingham company, Wildbox. Uh, they they deliver fruit and veg um, to to people's front doors. He launched the company during the pandemic. Um, I, I I follow uh, James's Wildbox company on, on on social media and have seen that his his ranges have grown massively during the pandemic. And he actually has set up a shop now in Birmingham as well. So, yeah, credit where credit's due. He's he's done a brilliant job, offered a fantastic service and and has now got his own little store as well. So,
0: yeah, well done to James. And from a charitable perspective, you know, we've spoken to a lot of people who've been delivering, you know, parcels of food to the front doors, etc. There was the Buell Hill um, School in Salford and the second series I talked to one of the teachers there who was um, said that the reaction from some of the parents of the struggling families, they they said that the teacher arriving with food was like an angel. And it's just incredible that, I think that's a lovely word for, for these amazing people who are doing their extra bit, that they're angels.
3: Yeah, for sure. And I think with this episode featuring local heroes, On our first episode, actually, the first local hero uh, that I spoke to was Matthew Quinn, who was delivering essential supplies to people on his motorbike. He wasn't affiliated with a particular charity or or organisation. He was just going out on his motorbike and doing that for people who, you know, couldn't get from A to B for whatever reason. So it's amazing to showcase some of these people on our show.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. It has been a difficult and often lonely time for all of us during the various lockdowns this year, separated from our family and our friends. It's been particularly tough for home residents, but singer Sheila Callahan from Chester, who's usually part of a singing group called Nostalgia, brought along a microphone and a speaker to her local homes, entertaining residents with songs at their windows. And she raised a couple of quid for charity too. It's Here's my chat with the brilliant Sheila the Callahan. My
5: name's Sheila Callahan, um, and um, I live in Chester, and I. Um, I used to work for Laura Ashley um, in Chester and unfortunately that's gone now. I've worked there for 36 years um, and so that's finished. Um, But I also, part-time, I sing um, in a little group called Nostalgia and we do little charity gigs. Um, And so um, during lockdown, of course, we're all separated, um, I decided to think of an idea um, to carry on singing when I heard about, you know, the fact that people can't go out and they're all stuck indoors and, and the fact that the care homes, uh, particularly, um, you know, they have no visitors at all either uh, from their families. And I just thought, I wonder if they're still getting any entertainment, um, you know, other than the radio and the television. So I phoned up and um, they weren't and they have not been entertained for a long time. So I asked. Um, whether I would be able to perform through the window um, which uh, they jumped at really um, so I have been going to different care homes um, around Chester um, and I've done a couple in the Wirral as well um, where I have sang through the window what I did was I purchased a little speaker um, right at the beginning in March and I thought um, there was no shops open either because I thought where am I going to get a speaker from so I went off Uh, to one of the big supermarkets where um, well, I can say Argos can't I got it from Argos (laughs) and that that was the only place so I got the only one they had um, and that was it then I was off and what they said on the telly was that you could have an hour out every day walking so I took it with me and I dressed up because I love dressing up I dressed up um 1950s and I would go out with the speaker and entertain in roads um where they would look through the window um or close the curtains if they didn't want to watch um which which they didn't do thank goodness (laughs) um so then I thought, well, I'll get a bit more sophisticated. So um, I've got a mum-in-law that lives around the corner and she's very good on the computer. So she uh, printed these little invitations and she would say, um, if you'd like um, a sing-along um, inside, look out your window at two o'clock and Sheila will come along and entertain. So that's what I've been doing. And so I would post the the invites the day before and then... To my amazement, because it was in the it was in the summer then and it was warm, um, a lot of them I'd come out um, into the gardens, you know, with the little garden chairs, and I would pick streets where um, it was a bit sort of self sheltered housing and you know where where um, elderly people lived really, um, and they loved it. Some of them came out with them, um, you know, a, a glass of sherry, and they sat in the gardens and, and they all joined in because. What I've been doing is singing Gracie Fields songs and Vera Lynn. And of course, they all know those songs, um, the comedy ones especially. I mean, I love doing those. And so um, that's what I've been doing. So, yeah, I do at least one a week um, and I'm still doing it now. So that, that's it. Just, that's, that's, that's a big um, oh answer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what, what sort of um, things have of the, be- the residents been saying to you? What sort of feedback have you been getting?
5: Oh, well. Um, some of the care homes have invited me back again. And oh, it's been very, very positive. Um, and, they've, you know, it's just great to see smiles on people's faces, isn't it? I mean, I mean, at the beginning, you were going to the supermarket and you were queuing up outside and it was raining and it was dull. And I was thinking, oh, I wonder how you could get a song going here. But I don't really think you're allowed to sing, were you then? So I thought, I'll tread carefully here and and just do what, you know, what's allowed. And so, yeah, it seems to, you know, the response has been amazing. So, you know, that's why I've kept on doing it, really. So I got the, you know, the speaker on wheels and then I can walk. So I'm not stationary. So I'm I'm walking as I'm singing, which, um, you know, seems to go down quite well. And then I thought to myself, why not raise some money for charity? So, um, I picked the NHS because I know you know that they were the main people um and they are the main people um at the moment, so um I did it for NHS charities together um, and put uh, you know how you can press a little link on your on your um your Facebook page, mm. and I put up a picture of what i had done, and then um I started getting um money in, which was great so I, I started with them and then I moved on to um McMillan because um, I heard about the coffee morning thing and thought, well, that's, that's not going to happen. And that's a big thing, isn't it for Macmillan? That coffee morning thing. Um, so I thought maybe I could do it for Macmillan. So we were out of lockdown then, but I, I can't remember which year we were in. So we were allowed to go in the streets um, and, and stand stationary. So I did a lot of um, busking in Chester and Poole. Um, and managed to to get the bucket and the, the registered number and everything, and um, yeah. So then I went on to to do the Macmillan thing, and I think I've raised about nine hundred pounds for them. Oh wow! Um, Congratulations.
4: Yeah.
5: I know, and and um, the lady from Macmillan, they uh, must keep an eye on on Just Giving, you know. And she actually rang me and um, it said, you know, I'd, I'd love to meet you, but obviously we can't at the moment. But she's she's thrilled a bit. Because um, I, I do it all the time, though, because I love singing. It, it's not a chore to me at all. Um, so, you know, I've been doing it for, you know, comic relief and children in need, you know, over over the years. So I'm already on, you know, on, on the Just Giving page, so pages.
0: Well, well, we definitely know you like to perform because there was a certain television program that you appeared on this time last year, wasn't there?
5: Yes, there was. Yeah. Oh, Britain's Got Talent. Oh, well, you know what? I tried five times to get on there. It's so hard. And um, because I absolutely adore David Williams. And um, so I wrote a little song for him about his life. And they seemed to like it. So um, I was able to go and actually uh, go to Manchester and um, perform the song for him and the judges. So that was so exciting. I mean, I got bust off straight away by um, Simon, of course, because <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't about Simon. But um, I, I managed to get through to the next round, which is amazing. Oh, so, congratulations. Yeah, I love it. Oh, thanks very
0: much. I, 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 I watched the video uh, last night and I really enjoyed it.
5: Oh, did you? It was all cut to bits, but it it did go on for about four minutes. And and, um, he was so made up. He came on the stage and we did a little dance and I threw him a bouquet. Oh, oh, it went on forever. No (laughs) wonder they cut it all out. But um, yeah, I'm not finished with David Williams, actually, because I want to apply again. So I might do it again this year. Because yeah, it's a great show, isn't it? I love it. I love watching it as well.
0: Fingers crossed. Well, uh, you came to my attention um, through an article, and it was the article that saying that you'd been nominated for um, one of the COVID Hero Awards. What was your reaction to that?
5: Well, I I mean, (laughs) as I say, you know, what I do is just, you know, I love doing it. And I was gobsmacked, completely gobsmacked. And I was nominated by a lady, um, a a daughter of... of, um, Somebody that, that's in one of the care homes in Chester, um, Debbie, and um, I, I was just I was just amazed, and I'm, I'm thrilled to bits with it. I mean, I really am, and and uh, it's I mean it is nice, you know, to, to to have a little bit of thanks. It's fabulous, but um, I mean, there's so many heroes, and I'm I'm nothing really. I mean, all I do is and I love singing, but you know, I mean, the main heroes here, you know, I've done. You know much more than I've done. You know the NHS. And, you know all all the people that struggle. You know with with um, with everything. You know because it is hard at the moment, isn't it? And, You know there's loads of different um, heroes in the world, and, and I, I'm you know I'm just I'm just a daft woman who with a with a daft hat who who, who um, wheels a trolley really.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well, to, to me, uh, with this Alone Together podcast that we do, we, we've been speaking to a lot of uh, people who've done their bits to help the communities during lockdown and, and the subsequent months. And what I've found is even the small acts of kindness are just as important as these big, grandiose acts of kindness. So if you've helped one person during this pandemic, that's, that's the main thing. That is the main thing. You're absolutely
5: right. I mean... Even if you just, you know, if it's a birthday, you just go and, you know, sing a song outside or just sing happy birthday outside. You know, it, it can make the day. And, you know, there's so many things that have had to be put on hold or cancelled. But sometimes, you know, with the with the elder generation, you know, it, it can be their 100th birthday or their, their 90th birthday and, you know, not nothing's happening. So, you know, I, I'm thrilled to be able to, to bring you know a few songs um and you know do a bit really you know like everyone does so yeah so that's uh
0: we're not far away from christmas um so what are you going to be up to this christmas have you got any performances planned
5: yes i have actually tomorrow um in in our local village hall they have a luncheon club uh where the elderly go um twice a month. They have a three-course meal and entertainment and they really pull the stops out at Christmas but obviously they're not doing that now. Um, So I will be going. I've got a map route and times and I'm visiting 16 um, stops um, 10 minutes before their food arrives um, at all it'll be 10 minutes after they've eaten. um, And hopefully it's all going to go. I've done a dummy run this morning um, and I'm going to be singing um, three songs to every resident that comes uh, to the luncheon club. So that's what I'm doing tomorrow. And then on the 16th, I'm standing outside... Um, the Wheelstone Care Home and it's their Christmas party and I'll be doing some Christmas songs outside there um, joined by a lady and mum uh, Deb's actually uh, her name is and we're going to be singing songs for them for Christmas so that's two of the things that I've got planned up
0: to now That's lovely and uh, if you could give a Christmas message to our listeners what would you say?
5: Wow well, I would say, um, in the words of Gracie Fields, sing as you go and, um, you know, keep your pecker up and, you know, it can't go on forever. And, you know, um, there is a light, you know, in the sky and sing towards the light. I mean, I've just made that pick up actually myself. I don't know what she said really, but I just know she was very upbeat as, uh, you know, she she lifted the the spirits of everyone, and and I want to do that as well because it's not going to last forever. And if we just, you know, all help each other, um, we'll get through this just like we did in the war.
0: Sheila, it's been an absolute it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. Thank you so much for um, coming onto the podcast today.
5: Oh, and you, Dan. lovely.
0: That was my chat with Sheila Callahan, the person who's been singing wartime classics for Kirholm residents at their windows during the pandemic.
3: Now, many of us are members of Facebook groups and communities where we share funny memes and post-related pictures. And one of those groups is dedicated to beer, in particular, Tenants Beer. The Big Juicy Appreciation Society, where members rate pints of Tenants Beer from pubs across Scotland, decided to do something different this Christmas they reached out to their 33,000 members to start a Christmas charity appeal, teaming up with children's refuge charity Kids Out to deliver food parcels to children. Partnering with famous brands such as Tonics and McVitie's, the group managed to pack a staggering 7,500 parcels, as well as starting a Just Giving page to raise money for vulnerable children's Christmas presents. So, hi Ruri, how are you?
1: I'm good, thank you. Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Yourself?
3: Good, yeah. Um, so thanks for joining me today. Before we get into the campaign, for anyone who doesn't know, can you just explain who the Big Juicy Appreciation Society are and what your role has been in organising this festive charity initiative?
1: Yeah, no problem at all. So um, the the Big Juicy is a Facebook group that started um, kind of four years ago now. It can kind of start to be seen uh, between some friends as a bit of a kind of, Bit of a kind of bit of fun, just a kind of shared love of of Tenants Lager, um, a bit of a kind of in-joke and stuff like that as well. So, And it kind of started growing with the place where people essentially were just kind of rating pints of tenants um, from pubs across Scotland, having a bit of a laugh on it as well. And over the years, it's kind of grown to basically being uh, a group of 33,000 people. And there's people in there from across Scotland. There's, you know, there's a lot of kind of expats who perhaps uh, miss their pints of Big Juicy, shall we say, that um, can't get it anymore. There's guys in Australia who, you know, put, managed to find find some pints somewhere in, in Melbourne or Sydney or that kind of thing and also share, share it in the group. And then other expats are known where they can get it. There's guys in Dubai, New Zealand, America. Um, so it's kind of grown fairly globally in the last four years. So, um, yeah, it's pretty massive. So I, I've known the guys for uh, a couple of years, uh, the guys that founded it, two guys called Mike, uh, Mike McKenzie and Mike McComb, they're really good guys, kind of just were chatting um, with the guys and some other friends and stuff like that about how, you know, this year's been pretty, you know, crap and shall we say, there's a lot of people that are kind of struggling, um, whether it's kind of, you know, mentally, financially, any kind of way, it's just not a kind of great place at the moment, but. We kind of been like, well, we've got this group of like 33,000 people. Like, you know, is there anything that we can do to give something back or do something good with that? Um, so that's where the kind of idea for the, the kind of the charity appeal came from, the Christmas appeal. So then, you know, between a few of us that are involved in the group, kind of friends of the group, we decided to reach out to some, to some brands and just see if we could get, you know, any donations that we could do some food parcels with um, or something. And we kind of thought, let's just set ourselves a big target, see how many we can do, what we can get from people. And um, to be honest, we kind of, I think we never really expected that we'd get as many done as we did. So we ended up doing seven and a half thousand food parcels, which is incredible. So, yeah, that's kind of of who the Big Juicy is and that's kind of what the, the, the charity appeal came from.
3: And you mentioned your members there and that's thirty-three thousand that you mentioned, which is amazing. And you reached out to them and you asked them if they could help with this project who you're doing in collaboration with Kids Out, who are a charity that provide positive opportunities um, and experiences to disadvantaged children. So can you explain, you know, where that idea came from of making up those food parcels and how it then developed into a project?
1: Kids Out is a charity I've been aware of in the past. Uh and they do some amazing work f- to help fundraise for vulnerable families across Scotland and in the UK. Uh, primarily, they work with um, support uh, to help support families and children who live in refuge. Um, so we thought we'd kind of go and speak to them, and they also had a, a network of wider charities and initiatives that support people through things like food banks across, you know, different parts of Scotland um, and the UK. But we were kind of mostly based in Scotland. Uh, so we kind of thought well there's a there's a platform for us and a charity for us to to speak to and out with the food parcels, kids out do some amazing work to help get donations um of toys uh so whether it's gonna kind of raising money to help buy toys or to you know get donations of toys from people, and these toys kind of go to the vulnerable families that they they support and they work with uh, which is incredible, so I think you know the view is that they don't want any kid to kind of wake up on christmas morning uh, without you know a toy to open uh, which I think everyone can agree is pretty pretty incredible work so uh yeah so like i said we've got kind of army volunteers we knew some people within the group who had connections to places to you know was aware of the charity that kind of thing so we kind of pulled in a few favors and and spoke to people and that's kind of where we got to um so yeah kids out was the the charity we decided to work with because we knew that we could get food parcels if we could get donations of food we could use food parcels and and send out to, to families through kids out and also their wider networks um you know there's people in in Glasgow East there was people in you know Stirling, uh, Hamilton that kind of thing so it was um it was amazing.
3: Yeah and so who is actually making these food parcels I mean you mentioned some of your fellow members but yeah are they are they mainly people who are members of your of your Facebook group or are they also people from the Kids Out charity who's actually making up the food parcels?
1: So the food parcels um, were made by a mix of people from the group, um, people that were kind of friends and family of some of us that were involved. We just thought, let's just reach out to people and see where we get to. I think because we spoke to quite a lot of brands um, who we thought, let's just see where we get to with this, like I said, and we ended up with, you know, tens of thousands of items. We thought, well, let's just see how many people we can get to help us do this. And uh, we managed to, to pull it together. So Yeah, so it was a mix of family and friends and also, you know, some amazing volunteers from the group who came on board to help us. A friend had a warehouse in East Cobride, outskirts of Glasgow, that we asked if we could kindly perhaps borrow, and they did. It was was sitting empty at that moment in time, so we used that as a kind of base to take the deliveries in and and create a kind of packing space and a kind of COVID-safe environment. We kind of found a system to do it, which ended up working a treat, um, and we ended up managing to do the 7,500 food parcels in a day which is incredible. So yeah, that's all thanks to the members of the Big Juicy and and all those that kind of helped us out.
3: Yeah, that is amazing. And so what sort of food is in these parcels? So I assume that they include some sweet treats because you've received some donations from McVitie's, McGee's, AG Bar, Mackey's, Tunnock's, DiMaggio's. How did these brands reach out to you and, and yeah, what's in them?
1: So yeah, we had the thought that if we kind of do things in the food packs that might be considered like a wee treat and maybe a nice thing to do at this kind of time of year you know um, so we had Chris from Mackey's we had Iron Brew Extra from Bars uh, we had Red Cola from uh, Dunn's Food and Drinks um, DiMaggio's gave us pasta uh, we got Digestives from McVitie's uh, Caramel Wafers from Tonics um, BRGR the burger uh, restaurants they gave us kind of vouchers to put in Um and uh, McGee's gave us a mix of kind of, you know, like cakes and empire biscuits and kind of individually wrapped stuff that we could include. So um it was actually us then um, that kinda of went out to to the brand, to be honest. Um we basically kinda of wrote down a list of of things we thought would be good to include and started from there. Um we kinda of chanced it a wee bit, you know, we just thought let's speak to some people we could get connections with um and kinda of reached out online or you know found people's addresses online and that kind of thing and, and told them who we were what we were aiming to do and the support was incredible um you know we thought let's aim hi and you know hope we can get there um and we kind of ended up doing that we got you know we the people were really supportive that we spoke to and we ended up you know across all the donations you know tens of thousands of individual items uh which meant we could create you know these thousands of these food packs that ended up being so it was quite a bit of an operation in the end, but we knew we knew, you know, people that could rope in and our volunteers um were incredible and we got it all done in, in a day, as I said. So, you know, a real thank you to the brands that helped us out because, you know, we couldn't have done that without them. And I think, you know, you sometimes think well if we can get a thousand of these and two thousand of these and, you know, we could do something pretty impressive. But to think that, you know, some of these big brands were willing to give us tens of thousands of items is just it's just incredible
3: you've also had some other businesses volunteer to help with the logistics of delivering the food parcels what can you tell me about that
1: well i think uh, i think we kind of started thinking let's get these food parcels done and then thought how are we going to get these out uh you know the, the more we add the more we grew. i we thought we've got a lot of stuff here um so again it's kind of through contacts people in the group that we knew that worked at places etc um so we just told them again what we were doing, um, and asked them, you know, if they'd be willing to lend any support, um, which, you know, in theory we couldn't have done it without them. So, the uh, the guys at the John Brown, the catering company, gave us tables to help pack the, you know, the food on, um, to fill the warehouse with. We spoke to Arnold Clark, who gave us a couple of vans to help us with, um, getting deliveries done. Um, Bullet Express, they're a courier company. They offered to take some of the kind of big bulk orders because you know i think when you end up with thousands and thousands of food packs you could you know send some stuff out in bulk so bullet express came on board and offered to do that for us um peace the sandwich company gave us some sandwiches for people that were volunteering in the day um exacto print in glasgow made some flyers for us to put in the the food packs so the kind of wee christmas message um who else is out there uh, highlander there's a um reselling company we just said to them, look, we've got loads of cardboard here from, you know, the kind of the, the stuff we had been delivered and uh, they offered to to take it for us for free. Um, so I kind of hope I've not missed anyone out there. But uh, yeah, it's just, you know, thinking back that we started off thinking, let's get the food stuff done. Let's get that out. And then to end up realizing actually we've got a huge amount of work to do here. It's amazing that we couldn't have done it without the other, the other partners and other businesses, if you like, that came on board to help us.
3: You've also had some recognition and support from those who have a platform, for example, Outlander Star, Katrina Balfe, among others. So what does it mean to have their support? And I imagine it's quite important to have those with a platform who can reach out to their followers and ask for help with your charity campaign.
1: So yeah, it's incredible to have um, received these, received the support from some well-known faces. Uh, we decided that because there was a lot of people that perhaps wanted to help um, with the charity appeal that couldn't come on the day to help with the packing um, we'd do a fundraising and then the money can go to Kids Out because Kids Out will then use that money to buy toys for the kids perhaps and, and things like that and support the vulnerable families um, so yeah we we'd managed to through some kind of connections etc through the group, friends of the group reach out to people and Katrina Balf was one person that we managed to get get in touch with and she shared to her 1.5 million followers which led to some donations coming through, which is incredible. Um, we Greg Hempel from Still Game, uh, he came along on the day to help do a bit of packing. Uh, we spoke to the guys at Open Goal who were kind of paly with. They came along and did some packing with us on the day. And I've shared the message across as well, and uh, a couple of ex Scotland rugby players, uh, Ryan Grant, and Rory Jackson, uh, they came along to help as well. So it's it's pretty impressive that we've managed to get these people, and it shows the kind of the power of the group. And when you kind of pull together, you can you, some, you can reach some some big names and big numbers and that kind of thing. So yeah, we could, the the Just Giving page is still live um, for anyone that wants to to donate to the charity appeal they uh, will keep it open for a while so yeah if anyone's out there wants to donate then we're always happy to, to to do that.
3: Yeah that's amazing and uh, congratulations on delivering those seven and a half thousand food parcels and also on the Just Giving page where you're fundraising for presents for children who need them the most so thank you very much for your time today Rory.
1: No problem at all thank you.
3: That was my interview with Rory Thompson, admin of the Facebook Beer Club, the Big Juicy Appreciation Society. So I've got to ask: Are you guys a member of any interesting Facebook groups, and what sort of things do you post and share? Well,
2: I I am a member of a couple of quite nerdy uh, groups. One of which is is kind of an audio tech group.
3: Really, Matt? I would never <laughs> put you down for that.
2: Oh <laughs> no, quite embarrassing. And then. Uh, i'm into motorcycles so into it in i'm in various triumph owners uh groups as well so one thing i would say often a source of plenty of misinformation as everyone is an expert on facebook um but yeah that that, that that's it for me i'll definitely check out the uh the big juicy group though that's it, it's incredible that so many thousands of people
0: um are in such a group but they're, they're doing amazing stuff it will come as no surprise to you guys that I am on Doctor Who Facebook groups, um, but the thing that brings me a lot of joy is the Springer Spaniel appreciation Facebook pages <laughs> that I'm part of. And the 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 real star of the show is Hugo, my 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 dog, and um, I, I, the spring people just post pictures of Springer Spaniels. And if you're ever having a bit of a lousy day, especially during these times, it's just lovely to see these photos of the smiling dogs. And they put a smile on your face too.
2: Yeah, for anyone that that doesn't follow uh, Dan on Instagram, I recommend that you do um, for for regular updates of, of, yeah, pictures of Hugo. How about you, Marvin?
3: I'm quite boring. I'm just a member of groups from university or like anything that I've kind of, even like old sort of, like groups with friends and stuff it's or if we've organized the holiday in the past we've created like a, a facebook group around it i know that's so boring but i just like don't spend that much time on facebook in general
2: i think
0: more than anything that might be you and me showing our
2: age a little bit there dan
0: yeah just a bit yeah um we're the with the millennials it's the gen Zs, isn't it who are now on tiktok now, Alone Together is one of many, many podcasts from the Laudable team. And if you are looking for an interesting new listen, we may have something for you. In December, we launched our brand new true crime podcast, Testimony, which offers a new take on a decades-old unsolved murder. Here's what you can expect from Testimony.
1: There's a shadow hanging over Lee. For the past 36 years, a murder has loomed in the memories of this small mill town near Wigan. This is the story of a young girl robbed of her life one winter night in 1984. This is the story of a murder that still remains unsolved today. This is the story of a case that has haunted my career my name is Neil Keeling, and this is Testimony. I think Lisa's killer was
5: infatuated with her. Where Lisa lives, I believe that's where the killer will be from. She wouldn't have, if somebody had shouted her, she'd have had to know one to go anywhere near that back She wouldn't have took a shortcut. But while we were all at home safe, less than two minutes from our door, my best friend was fighting for a life.
4: And we haven't got a clue. And if we have to, she might stop
0: here today. My gut instinct is that the person who, who murdered Lisa must have been local, must have known the area and must have known, you know, this back-entry gill that uh, afforded some degree of seclusion for him to drag Lisa down and murder.
2: I'm convinced even after over 30 years he will be caught. And I'm telling you, I'm not having it that someone doesn't know who the the person is who, who killed Lisa Hessian. If I'm right then, then the person shielded him is just as
1: guilty. There's no one left to fight for justice for Lisa Hessian except Greater Manchester Police's cold case unit and journalists like me. I haven't given up and I hope that one day they will find the man who murdered Lisa Hessian.
2: Now, before we go, we'd just like to say a huge, huge thank you to all the incredible heroes who have featured on Alone Together so far. It's been a joy for us to share your stories and highlight the incredible work being done in our communities across the UK.
3: This episode marks the end of our 2020 shows, but we'll be keeping a close eye on how things progress in the coming months, and I'm sure we'll be back in some capacity in the new year.
0: Now we hope that the new year brings some positivity, hopefully as we begin to see a light at the end of the tunnel, after what has been a truly troubling year for all of us. When it comes to the Christmas celebrations, I will be taking a moment out to reflect on the heroes who have been doing brilliant, brilliant acts of kindness, big and small, and those people who have got us through 2020. I'll be raising a glass to them on Christmas Day.
2: I'm sure we all will be, done. Um, yeah, it's, it's been a joy uh, to be part of and, and, and to bring these stories uh, of local heroes to, to our listeners. So guys, have a splendid Christmas and new year and remember to stay safe, stay positive, stay informed and stay tuned.